Welcome to Bar Fights with attorney and advocate Sarah Klein. Taking on issues that matter and advocating for legal, cultural, and political change everywhere in order to protect children and vulnerable adults. Joining the conversation are survivors, advocates, lawyers, media personalities, athletes, celebrities, authors, wellness aficionados, and many more. Because bringing real justice takes a team of experts who care. Now, leading the fight is your host, Sarah Klein. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to Bar Fights. You know we love us some true crime here on Bar Fights, and today my guest is television's go-to guy for all things true crime. He is Vinny Politan, a court TV anchor. His credentials are endless, winning the Emmy Awards, leading the nation's coverage on some of the most compelling trials. He's a lawyer, he's a former prosecutor, and he's covered things that we've all watched really for decades. Jody Arias, Casey Anthony, Martha Stewart, um, Scott Peterson, that was a juicy one, and more recent things, obviously, like George Floyd, Kyle Rittenhouse, and the Murdoch trials. You guys know I love my court TV and sometimes I'm even lucky enough to be on it. Like the few times I was invited to closing arguments with our guest, Vinny Politan, which was so much fun. Um, and Vinny is premiering a brand new show on Court TV. It's going to be on Sunday nights, which I'm super excited about. I get some weekend coverage now on Court TV. And it's a 10-part show. And it's called Accomplice to Murder with Vinny Politan. I cannot wait for this, you guys. Vinny, welcome to Bar Fights. I am so pumped to have you here. Great to see you, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. This is amazing. I know. It's so, so fun. So tell me, let's dive right in. Brand new show, Court TV, Sunday nights. Accomplice to murder. Tell us about this show. What's the premise? Well, this is this is different than my show I do during the week. During the week, it's live. We're talking about news that's happening at that moment, trials that are happening that moment, cases that are developing, investigations that are going on. In this one, uh, we took a look at the Court TV archives. You know, we've got 30 years worth of trials, cases, and stories. And we started looking at cases involving more than one defendant. And as we're going through, we're looking at them and saying, well, Everyone always talks about the principles, right? The the main person in a case. But what about the accomplice? Because in our system of justice, they really, in most cases, the law doesn't distinguish between the two, right? If you're you're part of a conspiracy, if you're aiding and abetting, um, you are as responsible for the murder as well as the person who had the gun, the person who had the knife. So we started looking at these cases and it was interesting because a little bit of a pattern started to develop that uh, in a lot of the cases that we've covered through the years on court TV involving accomplices. um, These folks were relatively ordinary. And because they're the accomplice in these cases, they had no motive. You know, when you investigate a murder, you say, well, well, what was the motive? Why would they do it? Like these people had no reason to do it. 
but they were in some sort of a relationship. And it, it takes different forms in, in the different cases we looked at, but they had a relationship with the principal actor, the killer in the case, and, and they ended up being part of it. So the, the premise of the show is to take a look at those cases and try to figure out how and why these people got wrapped up as an accomplice to murder. Because once, once you make that, that, take that step, uh, your life has changed forever. And, and it's for something that you, you had no, no, no reason to be involved in it, other than that you are, you know, in some sort of a relationship. It can be um, a family relationship, sibling. It can be a, a wife. It could be, it could be a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And it's, it's fascinating to see this. It's obviously tragic. And the tragic starts with, with the victims and their families. Um, and then you look at all these other lives that have been impacted as well. And someone who made a decision at some point to go along with and to help carry out something that if they weren't associated with that other person would never even think of doing. So that's the premise. That's so, so interesting. And my mind goes straight to like, what was it? Love? Was it money? Was it a desire for a little power? Did you notice anything in talking to these people? Any themes that that sort of arose in terms of what's the mindset of a follower, for lack of a better term? Right. Well, in, in, in. We, we definitely have several cases involving young women and young women who have hooked up with the wrong man and they follow him. I mean, this one woman was almost like a, she was almost like your stereotypical nerd. Like she, she didn't do anything wrong in her life, but her first boyfriend turns out to be a guy who at one point was going to Georgia Tech. Right. At one point, he was going to Georgia. So this guy's on the straight and narrow, too. Super smart. But he gets hooked up into the world of drugs while he's at college, ends up dropping out, coming back home. And when he comes back home, he's back with his, uh, you know, it's it's her first boyfriend. I don't know if it's his first girlfriend. I don't think it is. Um, but she becomes attached to him and he ends up committing this horrific murder of his parents. And it's it's all because of money he wanted the money for the drugs they were trying to help him out all of this stuff and she's just you know with him and as she's with him she's helping him in carrying out this murder and this is a, a young woman entire life is is destroyed the parents are you know she hadn't she had no reason to to do anything to these parents there was no relationship there was nothing it's just this was her boyfriend and it was the wrong guy. And um, it, it's it's interesting for me because I'm a former prosecutor. And when I covered and a lot of these cases are trials that I've covered through the years. And I've never looked at the at the cases through this lens. I've always looked at them as, oh, my goodness, the victims, they need their 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 sense of justice here. Right. That someone needs to be held responsible for what happened here. And when there were co-defendants, I never really was that concerned about the different circumstances or backstories of them. I just knew what was being 
demonstrated in the courtroom, what the evidence showed and how they were both in on it to what it, to whatever degree. And I knew that the law didn't really distinguish if you're in for, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're in for a, what did they say? You're in for a, an ounce, you're in for a pound, you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound, whatever that saying is, um, that's it. So for me, that, that was, that was the end of it. But now I'm going back and looking at these stories and saying, okay, well, there's, there's absolutely some nuance to it. I don't believe it makes these people innocent, but it, it definitely gives you a reason to take a closer look at that, how and why this would happen. And it, it really comes down to relationships and it's the power in these relationships and where these folks are in their life and how they can be somewhat manipulated. But again, they're not innocent. I'm not saying they're innocent. I'm not saying they shouldn't be held accountable. Not at all. I'm a former prosecutor. But understanding how they got to that point is really uh, what the show is about. Yeah, that's it's it's a totally unique perspective that we haven't really looked at or talked about. I took a bar exam for the first time in like, you know, 15 or 18 years last year. And when I was studying criminal law and looking at sort of the law around being an accomplice, part of you goes, holy cow, like this is no joke. Like, you know, you're essentially treated as the person pulling that trigger. Um, and so, yeah, this is this is really, really really cool stuff. My brain went to that Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell dynamic, right? We saw his power over her and is she the bad guy or is she the victim? Um, and, and all this, and that made me really kind of think through, um, trying to, to weed through some of this stuff. Um, I also go to the power of, you know, you see social media kids influencing kids these days. We've seen some crimes where teenagers are doing stuff and the power of manipulation in that way. Um, interesting. And I'm thinking about parents watching your show, trying to understand. I mean, it's obviously um, a grander scale when there's murder being committed, but just how people's brains can be influenced. Yeah. And, and, but some of these things happen so quickly too. It's a, it's a yeah. very, it's, it's almost like a snap decision in the moment that um, changes their, their, their life because they're not thinking they're not planning or plotting this, this particular crime in most instances, every case is, is slightly different. Um, and they, but they're sort of there and, the, and it's the principal who has the, the, the motive and the motivation to carry out this horrific crime and they they drag manipulate or or somehow get this other person to help them and the and the reason our law holds them as responsible is because it, it's a deterrent effect right you, you if someone has an opportunity to stop a murder from happening to step away from the situation because maybe it doesn't even happen without the help of the accomplice or if the accomplice picks up the phone and makes a call and says, hey, so-and-so is going to do this, um, you know, and if you don't, then you will be, you know, as responsible. It's, it's, it's um, you know, in law school, the old but for test, but for the, you know, this happening, but for X happening, Y wouldn't have resulted from all of it, but for the, the role of the accomplice, the crime likely would not have happened. And, and that's why we hold them as responsible. And, in the show, though, I do want to point out, we take a look at a whole bunch of different cases. And um, 
not every result of every trial is the same. So the, the premise is really people who have been charged as an accomplice, and then we see what happens. And we're really covering everything from the relationship to the crime, to the investigation, to the trial, and then all the aftermath. Mm. And sometimes that aftermath for me was a lot of the new stuff, right? This Because once the verdict is done, you know, for our purposes at Court TV, it's rare that we go back to a lot of these cases. You know, some of the real big ones, you know, anytime anything happens, we kind of do something about it. But some of them, because we've done thousands of cases, um, we don't necessarily know what happened. And in, and in the show, we're following up with what happened to this person, what happened to that person, what are they saying now, what happened to that relationship? Um, and there's one story that um, is really tragic because it was a young couple. And again, it's, it's a murder. The woman, again, is the accomplice. Uh, but the principal, during the course of everything that transpired, ends up taking his own life. So the only one who's left to go to trial is the accomplice. Wow. So in that case, you look at it and say, well, are prosecutors being fair? Are they just going after her because she's the only one alive or because she is responsible? And this couple have a young child. And that child is now a, a grown young woman. And we got to speak with her. Mm. And, and, and you see how these crimes impact so many lives for so many years. And in this case, over the course of a generation. So that's another fascinating part of all this. And, you know, you watch the show, you're going to, you're going to watch the story, you're going to see it, but you you can see how um, unexpectedly in some of these cases, someone who's kind of ordinary and normal ends up in the middle of this mess. Mm-hmm. And and I and I and I hope there's a there's a, a eye-opening you know awareness for folks watching it. And, you know, God forbid you're ever in a situation or associated with someone who's going down that road. Um, and you have to realize it's it's you know it's it's as if you're going down that road too. If you decide to go with them, you know, if you're gonna go with them, you're gonna you're gonna end up in the same place wherever they end up, you're gonna be there. So yeah, um, makes you think. It sure does in lots of different ways. And I love what you said. You can be dragged into this stuff in a split second. I hadn't really thought that through, um, but sometimes it's not, there's not a big buildup and there's not a big plan and conspiracy and all this stuff. It can be one split second where you go, do I go left or do I go right? That can change the entire course of your life. Um, were there any shocks in some of these stories when you're following back up? Like, I'm shocked that this. Oh, I've got one for you. Yeah, tell me, tell me. And this goes, this is a little bit behind the scenes stuff. This is something you're going to see in the episode. So this is, so, you know, we, you know, I've I've been flying all over the country uh, doing this. So I, we, we go to the scene of one of the murders and in television, when you when you return to the scene of the murder and you're shooting something, you don't stand right in front of the house because then you can't really see the house. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we always soft focus so you don't see the address because we don't want people to be disturbed. But we're, we're shooting something across the street from, um, I, I would call it, it, it was a murder house, right? So we're across the street. And as we're shooting the stuff, we're there for probably about 45 minutes to an hour. And then the owner was there and he kind of walked out the door, walked across the street and he said, uh, I couldn't help but notice that, you know, your 
filming and my house is in the background. And he had no idea. <gasps> he had no idea that the home he had purchased was the scene of, of a, a pretty horrific uh, crime. And I, I was shocked because his, you know, a few of his neighbors started coming out and they all knew. Nobody had ever told him. And obviously the people who sold him the house never told him either. And I, I felt bad on the one hand, obviously, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but I, you know, the, I guess it depends on, on how the transaction went down, what disclosures you have to make, what the laws yeah. are in the state, et cetera. But I was surprised that that would not have been disclosed to the purchaser of a home. And, and I felt so bad for this, for this guy. I really felt bad. You know, his house, we, his house is blurred. You'll never know where it is. You, you, you can, you know, you can, if you wanted to find out where the house was, you could Google, right? If you look, if you're looking up the story, obviously you might be able to figure out that way, but you're not going to figure it out from our show. That's not the purpose. We're just trying to show you the general nature of the neighborhood, this nice neighborhood where, where this horrible thing happened. But to me, that was really shocking because I, ne I never thought that that could happen, that something like this could happen. And it was, it was high profile when it happened. It was super high profile. Um, and nobody told him. That's and shocking. That's, <laughs> that's shocking. That's not, that's not your best day when you walk outside yeah. and find out a, a gruesome murder has occurred where you're laying your head at night, you yeah. know? And I, and now, you know, I think is it would have been, would have been better for him and his family if he didn't know. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I think you should know. I think you would want to know. Um, but you know, it, 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 whether we were there or weren't there, it happened there. And yeah. whether it was us, a neighbor, or someone else would discover it, uh, he happened to find out because we were there. But it was a super high profile at the time. I mean, it was a big case at the time. And I remember doing the trial on Court TV, and um, I, I couldn't believe he didn't know. It, it was a few years ago, but still. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I felt bad. He's a super nice man. Um, and you know, my, my thoughts are with him and his family and, and then, you know, I don't believe in ghosts and that sort of stuff. I hope he doesn't. And I hope he just enjoys his home because it happened years ago. And, you know, it's tough though. It's tough. That's tough stuff. I remember. There that. ought to be a law. There yeah. Ought to be a law. A disclosure law. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I remember. I'm guilty back in the in the '90s of driving by the O.J. Simpson, you know, Nicole Brown house. I was, just, you know, curious. I wanted to see it for myself. Yeah. Um, you know. And, and speaking of homes like that, and you know, we've been covering the story out in Idaho. Those four ah. college students. So what they're doing with that house is that they're going to uh, demolish it. The owner of the home, who was making money, good money, leasing it out, um, apparently a really good guy. Um, has donated it to the university. The university is going to demolish it. And I believe they're going to create something there, some some way to um, remember the students, which I think is, is appropriate. Because um, I, I didn't, I was wondering what's going to happen to this house, you know? Oh, like, yeah. But, it, I, you know, great class move by the owner and, yes. and, and the university to demolish it. And let's let's do something positive there. And I, I don't know if they have the plans yet and on when they're going to do it or what they're going to do, but um, I know no one would ever want to sleep in that house again. And, and that's because we should disclose these things when they happen. 
A hundred percent. That's such a, a, a shocking case. And I can't wait to see that play out. Um, hopefully on court TV, Kohlberger was arrested about 20 minutes away from me. I happened to be really? in Pennsylvania the day he was arrested. And I actually texted Julie Grant at court TV and said, Julie, if you need anybody on the sidelines, I happen to be here right now. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a horrible story. I think of that often. I'm ready to see some action in that case. And for us to really learn more what happened. And I think court TV has been such a powerful vehicle in bringing some of these stories into our living rooms and really opening up the discourse, not only about, you know, the legal system, but things as simple as victims rights. What you know, we know, we know about our Miranda rights when, when you're the one being investigated, you know, being stopped or whatever, but what about the rights a victim has? What happens to a family or to a relationship or, you know, when they go through some of this stuff. And I love, you know, the court TV coverage, I think has been amazing. You guys do an excellent, excellent job over there. And I hope we continue just to see things grow on your network, Vinny. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Things are, things are, things are going well at court TV. We um, were gone for a short while. We relaunched uh, just over four years. Is it five years now? I think we're getting close to Four or five years. I can't remember. She's going by so fast. It's been four years, four years. And um, speaking of that, the case out of Idaho coming up in June, the end of June will be his preliminary hearing. And you will see and hear what happens inside that courtroom. So we'll have a much better idea for what the evidence is. Yeah. He, he's not thrown in the towel. I mean, the defense in this case is going to fight it. Uh, I don't know what the defense is yet. Uh, my guess is going to be somebody else did it. Because uh, I don't think he knew anyone there and could say I was there innocently. He may just say he wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. It, it sure will be. And the fact that he studied all of this and was so involved in how people commit crimes and all and all of this. And he said, you know, I am innocent and there will be no evidence. And I'm going, really? How are you going to do that? with the, you know some of the evidence on the scene already um here here is one last funny funny little story um i went to college at columbia university in new york city and one of my very first internships was at court tv back really? during the amadou diallo stuff um my job at court tv this is before the internet folks uh maybe there was a little internet but before Phones and all getting all of our news online. My job was uh, at my intern desk, I would get the newspapers, the local newspapers of the day, you know, the New York Post, the Daily News, and I would read them cover to cover for any mention of court TV and any <laughs> mention of our cases. I would clip them out. I would tape them all together on these pieces of paper, photocopy them, and then deliver the news clips to all the anchors and all the big producers and everybody. That was my first job at court TV. <laughs> so you were an old school Google. You were old you were like school Google. You yeah. like your own Google. That's yeah. amazing. Yes. Yeah. And the coolest thing about that internship, everybody had a TV in their cubicle and everybody was watching TV all day, every day at Court TV to stay up to date on the local news. So here we are, Vinny, full circle. Yeah. Full circle. yeah. That's awesome. Amadou Diallo, that was, I think it was the last case out of New York that was ever televised. 
Yep. Because they uh, don't permit cameras anymore. They're one yep. of those states. Isn't that crazy? Court TV office yep. in, in New yep. York City. Um, well, it's an honor to get this one-on-one -on -one time with you, Vinny. I love, I love our time on air, but I love getting to just chat with you like this. You are amazing. I'm a huge fan of you, of the network. The 10 episode docuseries called Accomplice to Murder with Vinnie Politan. Sunday nights, you guys, on Court TV. Do not miss it. And you can see Vinnie on closing arguments, I think, every night, Monday through Friday. Every night. And 8 o'clock is always my time. It's always 8 p.m. 8 whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or now Sunday nights. I love it. Vinnie, thanks for being on Bar Fights. Thanks so much. Talk to you guys soon. See you next week here on Bar Fights. Thank you for listening to Bar Fights with attorney Sarah Klein taking on issues that matter. Please check out our website at barfightspodcast.com, Instagram at barfightspodcast, or Twitter at barfights underscore pod for the latest show updates and archives.